0: When I sat down with Asif Hassan a few weeks back, we discussed a number of subjects, a few in particular involving a topic such as green economy, grid edge, and digital transformation. And these subjects took up a lot of the conversation. So much that I actually wanted to continue this conversation with his team. Keelan Genya, COO, and Winston Morton, CTO, in particular, joined Asif to dive deeper on where these topics are going here in the Fredericton region. Gentlemen, thank you for uh, joining me in this discussion. This is a a unique conversation. This is the first time on this podcast we're going to have a team uh, opposed to a sole entrepreneur or sole uh, business owner partaking. And it's because of the content and the conversation I've been having, Uh, with Asif. Uh, I feel like the subject matter of uh, green economy, digital transformation, all of this stuff uh, is not something you can really take 25 minutes and capture it all. So we wanted to continue the conversation that Asif and I was having. We brought on uh, the rest, both Winston and Keelan, who are also part of SimTech and play a big role in that. Keelan, I wanted to start with you. I want to talk with you because you obviously played a prominent role in, in SimTech from the beginning. Can you talk to me a bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, what was interesting about SimTech is um, when we originally started, SimTech actually came out um, from a, uh, so basically, actually I'll, I'll kind of step back here a bit more so um, I'm from Saint John, New Brunswick, and I went to uh, UNBSJ, and I took uh, electrical and computer engineering uh, degree. And um, when I was in Saint John, a SIFT uh, moved from Bangladesh to Saint John, and we met, and we um, formed a very strong partnership because we were both two curious people. Um, and we could see that right off the bat. I remember when a SIF first came in the first class. I didn't know him. Nobody knew him, and he was the guy that kept asking the teacher questions about why is it this way, why is it that way, and obviously, this teacher, uh, he was a great guy, but he didn't really like a SIF's questions, so I thought that was quite curious that um, there was somebody that was so passionate about um, what he was learning and curious about not, you know, like, why is this the case? Why is this happening? So I I enjoyed that curiosity. And then we began kind of our uh, friendship off of that. So from the beginning, right at the beginning, we were always the type of people that love to um, solve complex problems and create a difference. It didn't matter what it was, we were after to create that impact, right? So basically, um, in uh, the University of uh, New Brunswick, St. John, you do your first two years there, and then you move to Fredericton to do your second second, uh, two years. So when it came to uh, Fredericton, every single engineering degree has a final year capstone project, which is a project that lasts for uh, the last eight months of your fourth year degree, the fourth year. And basically we knew at the beginning that we wanted to do something that would create an impact, that would create a positive change. So basically when it was time to do that course, we we understood that, it's great to create an impact, but in order to create the largest impact, this product or service or whatever we wanted to do would have to be sold. It would have to be something that people could consume, right? And traditionally the engineering courses that we have is basically create a product or create a project, build it, and then it stays on the shelf and then it kind of stays stays there. doesn't really do anything. But during the time, there was a new TME program that combined Kind of like that business entrepreneurship component and merge the technical capstone project which is a project we're going to do anyway so then during this course they would teach you how to pitch how to get investment how to grow so we thought that was very interesting so Asif and i got interested in that Um, there was a um um, a third member at the time that uh that was part of the team and then we found a fourth uh, member to join our team and then we kind of went from there now what was interesting is as we're going through the journey of going through that course, um, we spent a lot, lot more time than we thought we would because we're so interested in the problem that we're solving, right? So at the beginning, Semtech, we were more concentrated on a a technology, like a wearable technology at the time, that would help uh, people control um, appliances within their home. So we had an application more towards like the elderly or people with disabilities. But as it evolved we kind of removed and got away from that hardware watch component more towards energy efficiency and that control component of the company right so when we initially started what was fantastic about um, you know the city of Fredericton and the UNB community is that everybody was willing to help us and help support us throughout the journey right so I think that's very very important is um, the great um, ecosystem here we have in Fredericton And the great amount of partners that are willing to, um, you know, spend time with you, even though we were, you know, a bunch of university students with this idea. um, We were able to have fantastic meetings with people from MB Power, people from Siemens, people from all members of the community because they wanted to help us succeed. Right. So, to be honest, without that collaboration, without that uh, mentorship from the Kimi department and you know, MB Power, Siemens, and there's a lot of other departments as well. And apologies if I don't mention your name during this podcast, but that whole collaboration, that whole network, the mentorship network, even local entrepreneurs, uh, for example, Jeff Thompson spent quite a bit of time and there's other individuals as well that spent time with us to really help us refine and take that passion that we had um, and that drive to make a change and focus it in the way that we could actually scale and grow the company to what it is today
0: you know i hear that a lot that uh, often when it comes down to obviously resources money all of that stuff is is critical don't get me wrong yeah. but somebody's time is not something they're going to get back so when you have the community in various forms giving you that time it's uh it's it's a, it's a big deal and from what i see and especially with the conversations i've been having with the SIF, i feel simtech is also giving back a lot so I, 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 I you know i feel within the community whether there's events even with you know, you mentioned tme if there's Teamy events or any other significant events in the area, you guys are, are spending your time giving it back and, and such as that. So I would argue that you would also agree that, you know, that community support is important to you and, and SimTech.
1: Exactly. And what's interesting is that in, in, you know, in this ecosystem here, there's kind of that mentality of paying it forward, right? So for example, The people that mentored us throughout our journey also got mentored by a previous generation of people such as them. They see essentially a mirror image of themselves with us, right? So for them, they're like, look, you know, I only succeeded because of somebody who mentored me. So I don't mind giving time to people that are passionate and that want to solve a problem. So obviously, you know, Andrew, as you mentioned, people can't, you know, get their time back. But There was also somebody who gave their time to them right so they're just a lot of people are just paying it forward, and I think that's the same mentality that I think all the SimTech. um, You know the executive uh, group and then all the team members is that we kind of embed that within our philosophy at the company that you know we're not just here, as you mentioned, you know, to make money, obviously. Making revenue is part of business. You have to make revenue to pay people, right? But we're, we're very passionate about the impact that we're creating and, and wanting to create that larger impact moving forward into the future, right? So, you know, back to the question, you know, Semtech and how we started, to be honest, we started with, you know, two, three people with a great passion, right? We were motivated. We wanted to create a difference. We wanted to grow. The community saw how motivated we were to grow and and and, And they got behind that. Right. And, and I think that that's one thing that maybe it's hard for people from outside the region to see, but when you come here in Fredericton, it's blatantly obvious that everybody's here to help each other succeed. Right. And that, that's something that's very important that, um, it's hard to quantify without, um, you know, talking to people that have been through this.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, uh, I think it's also telling that, you know, I chatted with when I gave a CIF a call for the first time, first thing I had mentioned was, you know, we, we have yet to talk to each other, but I have crossed paths. I've been in the same room with you a number of times over the past few years and SimTech before I knew any of you, uh, I have heard, I I knew SimTech. I can't tell you the first time I heard SimTech because I feel like I've always known SimTech. You guys have always had made a play uh, or played a major role now, uh, Winston. Talk to me about how you came to simtech and everything you've been doing with SymTech since you joined.
2: Yeah. So uh, I met the SymTech team very early days um, because we're on a podcast. No one can see the gray hair. But I went through UNB about 100 years before the simtech founders. And uh, I actually took the precursor to the, the technology management and entrepreneurship courses uh, a long time ago at UNB. And uh, so, you know, alma mater uh, grew up in Moncton, but had been living in, in Halifax for a few decades now. And uh, I, I met Simtech through uh, a lunch meeting with Gaytan Thomas at uh, MB Power. I had bought and sold a couple of companies and uh, was working uh, in Bermuda for a few years. And I came back home and said, What do I do next? And uh, I'm fairly active uh, in the mentor community, and I was kind of getting re-engaged back and seeing where I could help out. And I see dozens and dozens of startups and tan uh, said, look, I, I ha- these guys are starting up an energy company. I'm not 100% sure where they're going or what they're going to do, but I really like them and you need to meet them. So uh, I met with the team and we kind of had a discussion about where they wanted to take this. And it kind of comes back to the comments that Keelan made. You know, I look for... Um, I I mean, we all try to kind of raise the bar for our, for our entrepreneurs, but I look for, you know, a team that's resilient and I look for a team that's coachable and the product is kind of secondary. Um, you know, you'll have to roll with the punches and, um, you know, you need a team that's curious, you know, you've heard all these words already in this, in this podcast, and that's super important because, you know for us to solve a real problem in the world, we have to be very curious and, you know, sometimes disruptive. Um, and so that's what I get out of the team. Andrew is to say, okay, you know, it's going to take some time. This is a very conservative industry. Uh, we've got some great traction and partners and and we're curious and we know what problem we want to solve. And that's the start basically.
0: So going back to, to Keelan, um, when Asif joined me a couple of weeks back and talked about his vision of SimTech, topics such as green energy and grid economy uh, were prominent in the conversation. I want your take on this. How do you see SimTech and Fredericton playing in these areas?
1: So I think what's what's interesting about um, maybe I'll start with um, Fredericton in New Brunswick, where we're at, and then I'll kind of add. Um, Because to be honest, you know, the people we surround ourselves with here actually influenced a lot of who we are today and where we're going, right? So an interesting thing with um, Fredericton is MB Power. Obviously, they're a vertically integrated utility, which means they own and manage everything from generation, transmission, and distribution. So they understand the entire energy network, essentially, from A to Z. And then you also have uh, Siemens, who has their... um, they're a uh, smart grid research lab here located um, in Fredericton as well. So a lot of those, so NB Power and Siemens in the uh, univer- uh, University of New Brunswick, um, they were kind of our early um, influencers of people. We could ask questions and kind of go from there. Now, one thing that we we noticed, and I'm sure I spoke about this is that throughout our years, we ended up, what was interesting, speaking to a lot of different stakeholders in the energy industry. So we spoke to the utilities. We spoke to uh, the municipalities. We spoke to the governments. We spoke to the end residential customer. We spoke to the commercial customer. And what's interesting is by going through that journey of understanding who these customers are and what they're looking for, that actually created um, the core foundation of who we are today and what our product is, right? So Asif probably spoke a lot about the grid edge economy and what we're doing today. And and just for you know people out there, the grid edge is everything kind of I guess guess we could see beyond the meter. So for for example, for us, what we've noticed is that all these different um, players in the market um, have all these specific needs, right? All these requirements. And what we've learned so far is that by developing these different technologies, we've created kind of a unique package in the market that can help um, essentially all these stakeholders accelerate um, their energy efficiency projects and make it very simple for everybody, right? So the big thing is that, you know, where we see things going is one of our big goals at SimTech is to make um, energy efficiency and energy efficiency retrofits easy for everybody, right? So if you look at many different industries out there, the telecoms and and everything right now, things have evolved, um, you know, throughout the year. So for example, in telecoms, um, you know, before they would sell just a tone, simple service. That's it. Now telecommunications, they sell internet, even uh, home security and what they do. I think the most important part is they make it easy for their customers to su- subscribe, understand the benefit and get the benefit almost as a service right away. Right now, if you look at the, the energy industry, it's very con it's all, all kind of broken out and for the average consumer. So for example, about 80% of the market, it's very difficult for them to play in this industry. And it's very difficult, and unless you have an engineering degree, it's very difficult for even um, myself or people on the team to really understand how it all connects. So for us, what we're doing with this uh, Grid Edge platform that Winston's gonna talk more about, what we wanted to do is make it very easy for no matter who it is, residential customers, commercial customers, we want it really easy, we want it to be really easy for them to understand um, what is the benefit and how can I gain that benefit as easy as possible without needing to have an engineering degree and talk to 25 people to do it. So basically what are the products and services that are best suited for me? What are the ones that give me the most benefit and click to get started? Very simple. The energy industry right now is very complicated. There's many different partners and parties together. What we're trying to do is create that, essentially that easy button for um, the energy efficiency and retrofit space.
0: Has that been one of your more challenging components when you're talking about having maybe those who are not heavily involved in the energy sector understand this process?
1: So I think that it's definitely one of, you know, something quite challenging for us. Um, And to be honest, it took us years to really understand how everything works together. So if I guess it is quite challenging, um, but I guess the benefit of being, you know, in this ecosystem and by working with all these different partners um, that gave us the ability to really understand what those end customers care about and what's the best way to deliver that to them.
0: So I actually want to move back to Winston. Uh, Winston, another topic that Asif and I talked about was digital transformation. Um, can you dive into that a bit more?
2: Yeah, I was thinking when Keelan was, was talking that the very topic that I was having lunch with Gaytan about nine years ago was digital transformation and the content being more important than the, than the delivery network. So, you know, I spent the first few years of my career with IBM and in the telecommunication space and kind of saw that digital transformation of, of the content going through the wires rather than the wires themselves. So we came from a world where you had to find your own long distance provider, find your own voice provider, find your cell phone provider, find your internet provider, and try to tie them all together and, build a modem and a, and a Wi-Fi router and all those things. And, and what we have today is I literally outsource all of that to one provider. And then I focus on the content, which is I just want to watch Netflix. So there's a lot of work to be done to tie all of those things together. But at the end of the day, I just want to subscribe to the benefit. And, and I really don't care what color my Wi-Fi router is. So we've got a lot of work to do in the energy industry and, and it's been recognized by you know many, many players along the way. I will say that you know the voice service providers from 20 years ago would still be selling voice services if they didn't have a disruptive set of companies bringing more content through their networks and making the incumbents realize that they need to get, Uh, digitally transformed very quickly in their world. They ran the same network for hundred years and then they realized they have about 10 years to transform that. And in our industry, in the energy industry, um, we have some accelerators. We have um, a a much more aggressive climate change plan than than would have happened 20 years ago. We have things like COVID that have popped up and, and forced digital transformation. So we see things happening in the utility space, even in the past two years that are light years ahead of what we saw five years before that or 10 years before that. So the exciting part here is we're at the start of this revolution. The challenging part is that change might not come from the incumbents, it might come from the folks that are out there developing, you know, new content or new products or new subscription services that are targeted at better uses of energy. And so this is challenging because we have a very regulated industry and, and not unlike the telecommunication was 20 years ago. And uh, our job is to try to make that journey uh, a little easier for the customer and try to encourage that innovation. So a lot of our products are focused around how do we bring innovation to this, to this, you know, this area. And a lot of that comes from data. We already have, we have, you know, we have a platform that can consume digital data, and provide that personalized experience and encourage these subscription services that focuses on the value rather than the wires. And so that's what we're working on. And and so we call it digital transformation. And we work with utilities right across the country and service providers across the country. Uh, but we also are look on the lookout for new business models. And how do we how do we get uh, more benefit in the hands of larger user bases? Um, One of the dirty secrets in the in the in particularly in the efficiency business is most of the programs benefit the top 20 percent of the uh, family incomes. So to take advantage of a rebate, you have a pretty large capital cost to upgrade something in your home. And yes, a rebate offsets that. But when you're still worried about how you pay for groceries, you know, you can't afford to save the money. It's a terrible situation to be in. And so one of the, the transformational components here is, what if we turn that service into a subscription, which has very low barrier to entry in the front end? It's a rental of a heat pump. It's, a, it's something that people can subscribe to and get benefit right away, and it's not necessarily capital constrained, right? So there's lots of new business models that are, that are coming out that we're, we're focused on enabling, And, uh, you know, and there's lots of examples in the industry outside of utility space that this has
0: been done. You bring up a great point, Winston. Um, when you're talking about the acceleration of this, in this topic in the industry, um, as a result of, you mentioned COVID, but you know, climate change, everything like that. How have you and your team been able to keep up with all of that, especially when this, this business is, is trying to stay on top of it all. Yeah. So it's, uh,
2: I would like to say it's good management, but it might be just as much good luck. We were heavily developing uh, virtual or or machine learning or AI models that allowed large scale things like virtual audits in homes. So we could roll out massive um, personalized products in the energy space. And about halfway through some of these developments, COVID landed on our doorstep. And all of a sudden the interest of being able to do remote you know, remote audits of homes for energy upgrade savings. It became a lot more important to a lot of people. So it really brought that to the top of the list. The second thing is, is this clean recovery idea, which is global, right? If we're going to, if we're going to incent the economy to kind of recover from COVID, why wouldn't we incent green jobs and green economy and and green recovery? And if we're going to spend the money anyway on infrastructure, Why don't we do that? Again, we didn't necessarily predict that two or three years ago, but it's putting an awful, it's injecting an awful lot of capital into the market that we're hoping that will spurn some of these new business models.
0: I'm going to jump to uh, a CIF because now we're talking a lot about the industry. We, you know, we brought up partners and organizations such as MB power. We briefly talked about UMB but as if when we're talking about the green economy in the Fredericton region, how do we work with our partners in the area to make this, you know, I want to say a reality, but it already is a reality. But how do we amplify this? How do we accelerate these partnerships into making it uh, a, a bigger?
3: Yeah, thanks, Andrew. I, I think uh, like you know, I'll just go back to Keelan when he talked about entrepreneurship in general. It it is not about just uh, product or services it's about that community. it's about that co-creation model where you do you try to make an impact together with your ecosystem because it matters to everybody. It's not just one organization's problem to solve and make business out of it right? so so I'll bring that to this discussion what you asked me uh, when we talk about green edge economy or like you know, creating green jobs, the benefit is not just for Symtech. Benefit is not just about saving electricity for those incline. Of course, that matters to us. That's why we are here. Uh, But benefit is about the entire economy uh, to have a sustainable growth with high quality jobs that impacts everybody all throughout our ecosystem. So whether it's government where their mandate is to reduce greenhouse gas and become the leader uh, in the global um, uh, climate change action plan, uh, we, we participate with that one. Uh, Or if it is uh, uh, like we talked about utility companies where their primary goal is to transform their business model uh, to provide the benefits to the end clients, uh, we again participate with them, we don't do by ourselves, but we work with them. Or if it is service providers uh, who wants to sell more of the best quality uh, state-of-the-art technologies, heat pumps and uh, electric vehicles and all other technology that exist in the market um, uh, th- and they want to understand their customers who needs the most, uh, again, we work with them. Um, uh, so so all this is to say is like you know it is about a consortium of uh, 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 like partners that needs to come together to make this real change that we're talking about. Um, so so it is extremely important. When we talk about collaboration or co-creation or partnership, it is our primary driver for SimTech to grow our business and what we do uh, today. Um, so in New Brunswick, in general, if I talk about, I think um, uh, Killian or Winston mentioned like you know, how we're blessed to have New Brunswick Power, Siemens, and a lot of uh, industry leaders right in our backyard. Um, I think uh, it's very important for us to work with them uh, uh, and then actually amplify together our necessity or our voice to actually service the end clients. Uh, because throughout, let's face it, all this time, end customers, they always believe that there are trusted advisors, which could be local utility companies or local service providers, they're there to service them. Uh, And what we want to do is we want to actually work together to enable them to do more of what they're already doing. So that's kind of a high level way I would say, like in New Brunswick, I I believe that we have great leaders here um, and organizations Uh, I think uh, we just have to uh, collaborate together to create some sort of a consortium, which already exists, but we need to do more of those uh, to make this green economy as a priority to our economic growth in New Brunswick.
2: I think it can be, uh, uh, I I guess, one of the comments I would make, because we work in a number of jurisdictions across the country, and uh, everybody says this, Andrew. You know, everybody thinks that cleantech is going to be their new next big strategic advantage so what makes new brunswick special is really need to dig in and think about what makes the uniqueness of new brunswick and new brunswick's always had um, um, a, a fast first mover advantage in many many industries including telecom early days in the mbtel days to be frank we need that back um, and we're not necessarily seeing it right now we need to kind of circle the wagons a bit and say we can lead lead the country in some of these things. Another unfortunate statistics is, you know, energy poverty, uh, New Brunswick's in the top three in the country, and that's where you don't want to be in the top three. So there's work to do uh, to kind of organize the community and kind of collectively think about how we encourage innovation and move quickly, um, because it can be a major economic driver. You know, companies are going to relocate to jurisdictions that have a really great you know, policy on climate and really great talent and, you know, export friendly markets. So, you know, we got to move on it. Um, and that's one of the things that we observe when we're working in, you know, with, with our partners in New Brunswick.
0: You mentioned top three in energy poverty, Winston, can you elaborate on that a bit, uh, clarify, what do you mean by energy poverty?
2: So a definition of energy poverty is, you know, median family income versus average cost of energy. So there's, there's you know there's national standards and there's a number of publications out there that talk about you know, how you standardize energy poverty, but in general, Atlantic Canada scores the worst.
3: Just wanted to add on that that that's why we believe that green economy uh, by definition should encompass this inclusive growth of the economy, uh, because like when we talk about green economy, we're not just talking about jobs, we're not just talking about uh, partnership businesses. We talk about everybody should be able to afford energy efficiency and any products and services that makes them reduce their electricity costs and also be cleaner and cleaner. It should not be just allocated for the top 20% uh, of the population. Um, so yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Winston and Andrew, like you know, it, it is about inclusive economic growth. It's a sustainable economic growth.
0: Yeah, and and you took the words out of my my mouth, Sif, is um, and I love how you clarified that because when we talk about economic growth and development, you're absolutely right. We're not just talking about jobs. Um, We're talking about putting food on the table, we're talking about keeping the lights on, right? Um, Because when that doesn't happen, that affects the economy, right? So it's it's a wide reach. So I I appreciate you elaborating on that and and making that point. Winston, I I had another uh, question for you. Talk to me about uh, the details on the virtual energy audit.
2: Yeah, so it's a uh, you know that the term is more popular in our in the in the utility industry these days because um, we're transforming the way we do in home audits. So the traditional way uh, in home audits are done are, are through you know an on site personal walkthrough of a home, and primarily the customer only chooses to do that because there's a rebate attached to it so it's not a necessarily an amazing experience you have to schedule somebody and they have to stay home from work although that's not a problem these days and you and you basically uh, allow somebody a qualified person to go through your home uh, figure out wh- what how your home's performing and then and then give you a fairly extensive report on things you could do to make your home more efficient one of the things we when we talk to our service providers and our partners is that process, that that mechanism by itself is doesn't drive opportunity. It's what you do with that report. what's your next step? What's your next best thing to do. And so we found that one of the opportunities here to really rev up uh, um, the the supply chain for retrofits is to say, why don't we make that way more scalable? Can we can we learn from those, energy audits, create a machine or, a, or, a, or an AI or a tool that could fundamentally get the same amount of data in front of the customer, but on, on scale, large scale, and use that data to give more information to the customer earlier in the, in the supply chain or in the, in the experience, and let the customer start to direct their path without waiting for months for this, you know, for this report and then find out that they don't really understand the 10 out of the 12 pages. And then they've got to be on the hook to figure out what to do next. Our goal would be to expose the opportunities very quickly and easily, um, very early in the process to get the customer engaged. So that's the virtual energy audit. And it's no—it's fundamentally a, a digital twin or a digital representation of a building that we can use over and over again in the industry so it's not a piece of paper it's not a binder on a shelf somewhere it's a it's a digital asset that can be used for not only the utilities but the the service providers and the homeowners themselves to kind of put together an energy plan long-term energy plan the
0: the topics we're talking about the content let alone you know in the industry but let alone within your organization i can only imagine what your weekly meetings discussions are like um, how do you keep, uh, you know, talk to me a bit about the team at SimTech. How, how does your team stay on top of all this stuff?
2: I'll go first and Keelan and Asif jump in. Um, so we're very customer focused at SimTech. So there's very little that, to, that we do day to day that we don't directly have customer feedback on. So when we do research work or product development work, almost exclusively that's driven by a problem that a customer's you know exhibited uh, or an industry opportunity that we've got even sometimes a couple of industry participants trying to solve so most of our meetings are around inter being being curious about how to how to you know take on some of these these problems and then secondly it's how to interpret that you know how do we how do we take that away? How do we figure out how to use technology or or smooth that customer experience? So it's it's a lot of customer, um, a lot of customer discovery.
1: As Winston mentioned, one of the things that is critical to Symtek is um, understanding our customer. So, for example, every single time uh, we have uh, follow up meetings with um, all our channel partners and all our customers, probably weekly, and during those calls we're always um, discussing um, how we can make improvements, how they see the industry going, and how can we be ahead of the trend that's currently happening today. So a lot of that type of research. Another thing we do is we work with uh, fantastic partners and and even uh, the contractors we work with today are, are experts in the field. And basically, we're able to to kind of, you know, take uh, take their 20 or 30 years of experience and then Understand how things were done in the past, and then couple that with what's happening today to really kind of put that holistic picture uh, together on both sides, right? So, basically, you know, that kind of comes back to the roots um, of AsSIF and I, and, and obviously Winston and Bodies as being um, being curious about what we're doing today. Always uh, strive for excellence, um, not perfection. So that's one thing that we 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 don't do is we're we're not going to be we're not expecting anybody even our employees to be perfect we're we're striving for excellence we're striving to always build um, better things and and always and one of our core things is that um, our customer feedback drives the product okay so whatever our customers are saying whatever improvements they're suggesting and and whatever um, you know, we're seeing the market go, that is driving the development at simtech So embodying that type of culture, embodying that type of mentality uh, with all employees is a key thing that I believe if we didn't have that type of um, the mentality, we wouldn't be able to, um, first of all, understand where the industry going. And second of all, making sure that we're, um, we're, we're, we're building a product and service that will meet that need. So uh,
0: gentlemen, What didn't I ask you today?
3: One thing I I just wanted to amplify last piece that Winston and Killen touched on about the team. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's super important uh, for anybody who's listening who wants to take the path of entrepreneurship uh, or working with innovation to recognize and truly believe that it is not about being perfect. If you're working in a field of innovation, you need to know that in order to create that, you need to keep excelling at it. Like, you know, if you you fear of making mistakes, if you fear of like, you know, uh, what's it called? Pivoting, uh, changing the direction, uh, then you're in a wrong place uh, uh, to make any impact because that's exactly the key driver for us. We, every day we wake up in the morning, uh, all our team members, uh, uh, we're thriving to learn from our customer what they need versus what we want to give it to them. It's not about us. If it was about us, we could just like go and do jobs anywhere else. (laughs) Uh, It is about solving a problem of our customers. And uh, to be honest, even though our employees are employees, but they're also true entrepreneurs because we have that culture embedded from top to bottom everywhere. Uh, So that's just one piece um, I would add, like an amplifier I would say, Winston Killen said, And the second thing, once again, going back to the great edge economy, um, it is not about SimTech only. Uh, We encourage everybody, like, you know, if you're listening, if you're a homeowner, uh, to learn more about it. If you are a partner to come and join us, let's work together. And if you're a utility, uh, let's make this happen to your customers uh, so that we can be ahead in the game of innovation.
0: You know, every time I,
3: I talked to you asif, Sif and, and now to the team, I, I, I
0: come out with wanting more information because some of the topics we hit is absolutely not something you can cover. I'm, we're going to have to uh, keep this conversation going another time. It's been thoroughly interesting. And, and I appreciate your time. Um, but uh, I did want to say uh, gentlemen, I appreciate you joining me today. Um, the the role SymTech has played uh, in the community, but in this industry and everything you guys have been up to is is amazing so look i appreciate you sitting down with me having this conversation and you know what I, I look, through, i know where this topic's going to come up again so i look forward to crossing paths again and chatting in the future
3: thank you andrew thanks andrew
1: thanks,
0: thanks for joining locked in with lockhart it was hosted by andrew lockhart produced by ignite music by tom Cray. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you find quality podcasts. And if you have a recommendation for a business, feel free to reach out to me at andrew.lockhart at